Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Conan, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Man, are we in a fast market. We got some big earnings and some bigger M&A, or vice versa, I guess, big M&A and bigger earnings. So I thought the story of the day was going to be Amazon and their blowout quarter and Jeff Bezos and Alphabet. Uh, but now we got news about a half hour ago that GW Pharma is going off the board. Jazz Pharmaceuticals is buying GWPH. We're going to talk about that deal. Uh, and then we're going to talk about it with uh, Alan Broxine as well. He's going to join us in about eight or so minutes. And so Alan's going to talk about that deal with us. And we'll just kind of we'll talk through it. And then at 835, we've got Jeremy Newsom on this show from Real Life Trading.com, one of our favorite guests. So a lot to get to on today's show. Let's bring in Joel, bring in his charts. How are we doing this morning? Oh, doing well, Spencer. A couple good reports. Kind of a funky close there. Uh, we really settled at 18 and a quarter, but man, they bid that right up after the uh, right after that 430 open and just a little, little, little squirreliness. But uh, here we are. We're up 10 and a half handles. We did trade through the high from yesterday. Got some big levels up above. I'll talk to about a little bit later in the show. Uh, crude hanging in the 55 handle. Sometimes you see these commodities stall the big area. Not 55 so far. Trading at the high of the session. Multi-year high in the crude oil market. Gold basically muted. Up five bucks at 14.3840. Let's see silver. That's up almost 62 cents at 27.01. So really not the squeeze I wanted. And uh, Bitcoin. I'm going to throw this to Dennis, and I'm going to throw this to Spencer. And if you can get within two, without looking in a chart, how many consecutive closes has the Bitcoin futures had in the 30,000 handle? I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> is, is Dennis on the show today? Yeah, I'm here. I don't understand the question. Uh, okay. Do you know 30,000? <laughs> And do you know forty thousand? Do you know yeah, those that's two a numbers? Big range, though. Okay. Thirty percent, right? Thirty-three percent range. Well, that's Bitcoin. Where have you been, Dennis? Okay. <laughs> so. So what are you how, telling me? Tell tell me what this means. It's closed between thirty and forty thousand for a long time. Tell me what it means. It means we got a big move coming. That's what we want. We like big moves. I hope it's yeah. higher. I'm still long Bitcoin. Yeah. I'm trying not to look at it ever again, though, because I'm going to trade out of it. I need to stop looking at the long-term portfolio. I'm, I'm in Bitcoin. I'm going to zero, or I'm going to a hundred thousand. Or what's the what's the twins target? What's the twins target on uh the the, the twins? Spencer Israel. What they say? Five hundred thousand. What's the twins? The I don't know. Winkle uh, boys. Yeah. The, the Winkle Vi, the, the Winkle Vosses, the Winkle Vi. I'm not quite sure how you did the Winkles. Did it, did what's it, the did... Winkles target? Uh, um, didn't they have a thousand dollar target in GameStop? They, I don't think they comment on GameStop. They, they, yeah, they, they, be, they believe in the next decade, Bitcoin will hit five hundred thousand dollars. Five hundred thousand. Well, I'm gonna go a hundred thousand. So I'm just going with a hundred thousand. Maybe I should go five hundred thousand. Okay, new. So I'm well, going so zero. You still, you still didn't or get five hundred thousand. You still didn't get it's the on answer. zero or it's five hundred thousand. I'll go with that. <laughs> so I, I'm 20... still in. Yeah, I sold half. I told you. It doubled in six weeks. I sold half forever playing with the house's money. And that's it. I'm not going to look at it now. I'm not going to become a crypto trader. People want me to become a crypto trader. I can't do that because I have to say uh, that would that would destroy my marriage. That would, that would, yeah. hours it would destroy his marriage. Yeah, that would, that would cost me a lot more money even if I started making money <laughs> on crypto. Because if I start trading 24 hours a day, I'm getting divorced. <laughs> there is no trading 24 hours a day. So I cannot look at crypto. Sorry. I wonder not, how those vir- I wonder how those virtual divorces are going, right? You know, you can't go to court. Anyways, probably, probably, probably a lot more of them. <laughs> Jesus, people can't get away from their spouses right now. You know, you're in lockdown, especially in Ontario. We're in full lockdown here, so 
Okay. Probably, probably some fights going on. So anyway. 20, yeah, like when I wanted Lisa to sell the GME. That was like the only fight. Yeah, that was a had. big fight. Did you get rid of it all? You did get rid of yes, it all. Yes, yes. Holy, you advocated for yourself. And did you tell Lisa you were right? Yeah. I mean, you're right for now. I mean, well, you never know. Maybe the next squeeze comes. But I think, I think you know, we're, we're we, not we, we, well, This is what happened. We, I, you know, she, she's home on Wednesdays, right? And I was like, I wanted to sell the open last Wednesday. It was just all over the place. And she said, no, I want to see how it trades today. And I said, how about the close? And because I go, I'm just sick of talking about it. I don't want to say anything, yeah. you know, and I'm telling you a very small position in this, a very small position. And she said, okay, sell the close. And the close that day was 347.51. And I woke That's up the next day. But I, when I woke up in the morning, it was it was like 4.50. And I'm like, oh, man. Oh, man. This was not a good sale. And then the next day, it, it settled at 193 and then three wow. and a quarter to it. Yeah. So it was, it was you know. It ended up being a good sale. You might have yeah. not got the actual top, but you did pretty well. Yep. So, wanna, so I, what's the story now, Joel? I mean, well, just let me tell you. Just want to tell yeah, you, it's okay. twenty-two consecutive closes in the in the thirty k in the thirty handle. Oh, back to Bitcoin. Yeah, and I so I'm looking for a breakout above forty or a break. It doesn't. Are you like on a, Bitcoin? I have a little little GBTC. I don't. I'm you went GBTC. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. went QBTC in Canada. That's where I got my exposure because I could put it in my RS, RSP for you Canadians out there. Yes, it's TFSA eligible. And so you can stick it in there. So that's why I went QBTC. Although I know when I bought it, it was only like a 2% premium. So there's a little bit of premium when you're buying these GBTCs and QBTCs. So you got to think about that stuff. I, so I have you G- pick your investment vehicle, how you want exposure to it. I, I have GME levels, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give them out on the show. If you want my GME levels. I want your GME you, levels. I'm, I'm not. I'm, no, you can why? say because I'm not, I'm not giving everything out for free. I'm giving things out to the to the highest bidder. Okay, can so, we can we move away from this? If you want my GME levels, send me an email at joel at benzinga.com. Let you, me know what you're willing to pay, and it will go to the highest bidder. That's highest levels. Oh my goodness! Level. That's Wait, it. Can I? Yep, that's can it. I, that's can it. I bring on? Okay, what's I, up, Spencer? I want to bring on Alan here if we can. I want to actually transition to like actual news, right? Let's so, go. so okay. News of the day. GW Pharma is going off the board here. I see it's out of its trading halt now. Jazz Pharmaceuticals is buying GW Pharma for what comes out to $7.2 billion. It's a cash and stock deal. So $200 a share in cash plus $20 uh, in Jazz shares. I'm going to bring on Alan Broxine right now, uh, and he can break this down with us. Alan, this... Good morning, by the way. Uh, hey. nice, nice to see you. This has to be like one of the greatest like success stories, right? Oh my God. I can't tell you for, for the company, for our industry, and gosh, I'll, I'll say it for me too. I, this yeah. is my biggest position. I just recently loaded up. Uh, Congratulations. I, uh, it's, yeah, 9 to 12%, of, 9 to 11% of my model portfolios. And I, uh, I just wrote an extensive piece uh, literally in December and uh, laid out kind of a great technical, you know, we talk about this all the time, but it was a, a picture perfect reverse head and shoulders. And I, I know, you know, I think we talked about this last time. It's great to look at chart patterns, but it, isn't it better when you can align it with uh, valuation and a good fundamental story? And I don't know Jazz Pharma. I'm, I'm excited because I feel like it's small enough that I can continue to leverage what I've put into GW for the last eight years. So... So you, so you think you would uh, stick with it then, like after the merger as well? Yeah, well, so unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I, we're in a huge bull market right now. And so yeah. unfortunately, to, unfortunately. Pharma, to get uh, $20 of Jazz Pharma stock is, is silly. So to yeah. me, it's about, uh, you know, I, I need to, there's no reason to hold GW Pharma right now unless you have tax situations. Uh, the real question is going to be, do you want to own Jazz Pharma? I don't have an answer for that. Uh, yeah. I've heard of it. Uh, I've been very focused on uh, cannabis for eight years now, so I don't really pay that much attention to uh, to names outside the sector. But, uh, you know, like I said, this isn't some 
$200 billion market cap company buying GW, it, it's, this, is, this is something that investors will be able to continue to follow. I, mean, I got to give what? you a hat yeah. tip to you here, Alan, because you've given us GW Pharma on this show. It has to be for three or four years at least. Um, you know, this is a stock that I've always wanted to own. I never bought it. I mean, every time it's dipped, I was like, oh, I should buy some of that GW Pharma because Alan's already said this one's the best in breed. Um, it, it's, un, it's, it's totally unparalleled. That's what's so interesting about it. And I, I think we're going to see a lot of uh, development in, in the, what I would call cannabis science. Uh, they, they're really the only company that's scaled up, obviously the only FDA approved drug, but there's like nothing that's been submitted to the FDA that's true cannabis medicine. We've seen a lot of biotech companies that are trying to do things related to CB1 and CB2 inhibitors or uh, the receptors, I mean, or, uh, you know, synthetic uh, molecules or biosynthesis, but actually working with the plant to take it through the FDA, there's been nobody. Alan, let's cut to the chase here. Is this start of something in the marijuana sector? Are we going to start seeing some more mergers and acquisitions? Or is this a one-off? If not, well, who are the potential candidates? That's what we want to know from you, Alan. Yeah. So this, this is a one-off, and we're going to see more mergers. It's a one-off. <laughs> there's, there's nobody like this. There's, like, there's nobody like this. Literally nobody. So if you're looking for, like, what's the next one to be acquired, it's literally nobody. But uh, one of my big themes for this year, uh, I, I introduced it in the New Cannabis Ventures newsletter, literally the second to last week of December. And we talked about how M&A was going to be huge this year. And two days later, two public companies, leaders in the space announced mergers. And we've seen more since then. So I think for people that are investing in the cannabis space, uh, there are now 10 U.S. companies with a billion dollars or more market cap. They all seem to have good access to capital. In fact, seven have raised capital just in 2021 so far. These companies are going to acquire others. Now, the bad news is I don't see a lot of public companies out there to be acquired right now. I'll talk more about that in a second. The good news is if you pay attention to Canada, there's going to be some mergers up there. The Canadian market needs to consolidate. There's some public companies that will be acquired, in my opinion. Now, if you're investing for the long term, you'll realize that, you know, already Constellation and Altria have taken potentially controlling stakes in Canadian LPs. This is going to happen in the United States, too. We will see major companies start to take positions in American cannabis companies, but it's not going to happen until we get more clarity on the legal landscape. Alan, just you know, I just want to say congratulations. Huge win for the industry. Huge win uh, for you. You've been bullish this stock for, like Joel and Dennis said, a very long time. So, um, just want to get you on and get some color from you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate. Uh, it. We'll talk about jazz next time, right? That's well, it. I guess you'll have to do some research and come back to us, right? Is that a good one? I don't even know. I swear. <laughs> you know who? Uh, you know who liked jazz? Remember Joel? Remember, he was his pick when he came on our show. Don't tell me. Yeah. Don't tell me. Mark <laughs> Shkreli. Yeah, he came Martin on our Shkreli. show. You're right. Probably You're about right. six months before he ended up going to jail. And he oh. said, I love jazz. You're I right. I remember jazz. that, too. Oh. I remember that, too. Well, that I, I will. I promise next time we talk, I'll know a lot more about jazz. There's a conference call in 15 minutes. That'll be my first. Thanks, uh, Alan. Go. go do your research, buddy. Right. Right. Alan, thank you Take so care, much bye. for coming on at the last second. It's really appreciated here. Yeah. Yeah, Alan wow. Brockstein, 420 investor, yeah. long time, long time guest on the show. Personable, smart, very great call, Alan. We'll let you go. Yeah. yeah, great call for sure. Props to Tim Seymour, too. I looked on his portfolio and on his ETF, and it's a big holding in there as well. So you got a lot of pot stock, obviously. You know, this is a lot of a plot. And you, you're looking at other pot stocks, you know. Not that they have anything to do with GW Pharma because, like Alan says, it's unique. But all the pot stocks are trading higher here this morning. So it does get, you know, some interest more. And you know what? They were actually taking off the last couple of days. I mean, you've seen, you know, a significant move up in CGC. And, you, you know, and that's some egg on my face because a lot of, you know, these stocks I've dogged for a long time. But really when it all started was when we started in the new year and the short squeeze. And, you know, you saw a lot of stocks that were dogs 
those were the ones that have been outperformers in 2021. So, I mean, Afri has had an incredible move. Um, it's breaking out here again on the charts. Again, valuation scares me, but we know this market's separate from valuation. So you can't trade on valuation, you trade on momentum. And a lot of these have momentum in them. I think it started before the beginning of the year. I think it started around the election. And when, you know, well, Biden, good, yeah, yeah, that's a good call, too. Yeah. You yeah, have seen this relentless bid right in here. Hot stocks. I mean, just just looking and do simplicity thinking and saying, okay, Biden is in, Trump is out, I'm buying pot, I'm buying solar. Those two that, trades have made you, you know, first solar hasn't been great, but I mean, if you look at like sun power, you know, that stock from November has went from 20 up to, it got to $55. I mean, there's so many solar stocks. You can just go to the tan and you can see, you know, we were $70, 115. These are big moves. And then all the pot stocks as well, having big moves higher there. So great uh, call by you here, Joel, too. I mean, the pot stocks and solar direct benefit or, or direct beneficiaries from a Biden administration. I mean, you didn't know who was going to win the election. You know, no, but you did afterwards. You did the well, day no, after. Well, it did. I mean, they, it was still oh, really? The day after? I took it. Well, well yeah, you know, I know, a I couple know. days after. You've known Biden is going in for a long time now. So you could say comfortably, well, I'm still not sure. And you could have bought these things mid-December. Right. You were sure by still, that Still, You could have bought even later than that. You could have. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've been good. I mean, does that trade continue? The question everybody wants to know, does the trade continue? Has the easy money been made? I tend to think the easy money has been made here. I would probably be ringing the register. Sometimes you see, you know, the stocks turn on these event days where everybody piles in at the last second. I mean, space was one of those stories yesterday where it was up and up and up. And then it had the headline from SpaceX. I know the rocket, you know, the issue was there as well. But I mean, it was just overbought. So it finally does, you know, get a pullback there. I did sell into that strength yesterday. I sold yeah, part I of thought my you position. would. I thought you I sold would. part of it because it just got way overdone. I look. I thought I bought this at 35. I looked, I bought this at 27. And I originally bought this at 16. So I took a one run from 16 to like 23. And then I rebought at 27. Uh, so it's been a good move. I mean, it got it benefited from the short squeeze. Um, the story is still intact, and that's why I'm still holding some of it. You know, some of these other stocks that were in the short squeeze, I sold them all. But I believe the space story is still there. It wouldn't surprise me if this thing starts to catch a bit here eventually again, but ugly candle yesterday. So you got to let the dust settle a little bit on SPC. Uh, what's wrong with MJ? Uh, um, I'll, I'll tell you, it, it's, it's, dra it's been dragging because if you look at the largest holdings, it's all the, um, it's all the Canadian LPs that were what the hell's wrong with MJ? It's from 14 to 22 in the last, I don't know. Month. I'm just, no, no, uh, but yeah, but, but if you look at that compared to like the other, like the MSOS, for example, <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's lagging, right? So it just seems like it, um, it's just because it owns, it holds the the largest Canadian like the canopy growth, and you just talk about the Canadian. Yeah, yeah, and and the U.S. is really where it's at right now. So, now the Canadian ones have done pretty well too here, though. So, all right. So, anyways, we talked pot. We talked. I mean, we got to go talk the big earnings reports from last night there, and there's two big ones there, Spencer. Should we go there? The elephant in the room, or the elephant of the market, Amazon. Yeah, we should talk about Amazon at some point today. I, I, I would hope. <laughs> I thought, well, um, let's, maybe we should talk that now. Let's do it right now. So Amazon completely, completely, completely blew it away. Oh. I, I don't I don't know, to be frank, if I've ever seen a beat this like this bet like good. They since, just since, absolutely since their last report. They just, no, but e even still, so zone. so the the consensus estimate for earnings per share was seven dollars twenty three cents. That was the estimate. Amazon came in at double that, fourteen dollars. Wow. Fourteen dollars. They doubled the estimate. Yeah. Sales one hundred twenty five versus one hundred nineteen billion dollars. If you look year over year, they more than double their earnings per share. It, every segment, cloud, every e commerce just blowed away above estimates. That. Is that would be the story if, if Jeff Bezos hadn't also announced he's 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 retiring as CEO, but yeah. um, just absolutely blew blew it away. They crushed it. Yeah, and I mean the stock was running a little bit into the report, but you know not that much really. It's a couple day run, so we see this. You know, I talk about this trade all the time: owning a stock a couple days ahead of the report to extract the alpha from traders coming in trying to position themselves ahead of the event and it would have played out perfectly 3200 to 3400 right before the reports so that was 200 points now it gets the pop 
I mean, obviously this Jeff Bezos thing, people aren't sure what to think about that. I feel like it's like Microsoft with Bill Gates. I mean, they were around the same age, wasn't it? Joel, like, what, how old yeah, how was Bill Gates when he stepped down? You know, yeah, I, I mentioned that to Spencer. Both me and you thought that. I mean, I think he's still going to be really involved in the company. I think so, too. Oh, sure. I mean, he owns the Washington Post. He's done. He's doing a lot of philanthropic stuff. Uh, he doesn't he want to go to the moon, too? Doesn't he working on something like they that? They all want to go yeah. to Mars. Yeah. They all want to so... go to Mars. They all want to, you know, that's where it's a mosque. Maybe they're all going to form you know, get involved together and, you know, get us there. I think it'd be pretty cool to go to Mars, but yeah, I so I mean, jump on the rocket ship after I saw yesterday what happened with SpaceX, but. <laughs> hey, your buddy that was selling the weeklies, I, I, I hope he, does he lay off on the weaker earnings? Oh, you know what? He's making more money on this again, because you want to know what the straddle was on that puppy? Look at it. Let's go look at it. I, we priced it a couple of days ago. Wasn't it like 170 bucks? He's killing it with that strategy. Was it? Was it 170? It was crazy, Joel. Yeah, I even looked at that. They had a jack for the earnings report. So you know what? 75 points. He's up 100 bucks right now. Still oh, on. Oh man. He's doing without, it without making a call. Without making a call. Just just playing the sideways action. He's been doing it for a while. Bruce, shout out to you. I know you listen to the show every once in a while. I'll give a shout out to Bruce. Um, he's been. Uh, let's go look. You know, because he was even he even emailed me on the weekend. He's like, you got 170 bucks for the weekly weekly straddle on this. So he just sits there and he keeps writing. Now, again, remember at Black Swan events, you get crushed in the strategies, so it doesn't always work. But, you know, it works a lot of the times. Yeah, so look at the straddle. We're looking at the weeklies here, just at the closing prices, obviously options. February 5th, I'm looking at. And the 3380 was going 92, 87 plus 80. What's that math, Joel? 167 bucks. Yeah. $167. $75. So he's 100 in the green again. I mean, we don't know. He's still got a couple of days here, but what? What you know? He's writing the higher, and he's he's not doing it right. He's not taking the whole one seventy because he's writing higher and he's uh, uh, writing lower. So he's writing outside of it, like writing the thirty four hundred and you know or thirty. I don't know what he was writing thirty four fifty, and then buying like the thirty two hundred or thirty two or, or writing the thirty two two hundred as well. So, but you're just bringing in so much premium all the time, and when a sideways tape, there's no strategy that pays better. Then writing options in a sideways tape. And Amazon has been in a sideways tape for six months. So it continues to work. You know, I'm long Amazon, full disclosure here. But man, you know, I've been sitting here not making any money on my Amazon position for the last six months. And I see Bruce just writing options and, and cleaning up on it. So great job, Bruce. Uh, yeah, I'll just look at this one. We uh, we were actually live. We stayed on a little bit after because we knew we had some big earnings reports. So I don't know why someone would take this down under 3260, frankly. Uh, what they didn't like about the report. Uh, the initial pop, uh, 34.78 and a quarter. And we were at the point when I was on with Spencer, we were hoping for closer to 3,500. 34.96 was your all time high back in October. So there's your next. I mean, where are you at from that? Uh, not too far away from that. And that's not the all-time high. The all-time high is 35.20. So after the kind of move it had the last two days, let's see what happens between 3,500 and 35.20. If you had a big position for quite a long time and you're like, wow, if I get a shot at 3,500 here, you might get it today. So we're trading up there. First things first, take out that pre-market high. But this would be one, if you get to like 35.15, and who knows if it's going there, and then you roll over, and then come back down, and I don't know. This is a hard one to trade. This really, could stay range bound. I think the yeah. option writers continue to win here. I'm just gonna yeah. say I'm long Amazon because I believe in the long term story. It's my long term investment account, but short term, and it's been working to write options. I think it continues to work. So I think you continue. You know, your elevated VIX premiums are elevated on everything, and Amazon really doesn't warrant an elevated premium at right now because the stock has been quiet. So I know you can say, oh, it moves 100 points yesterday. It hasn't been quiet. But I mean, look at it. Between, you know, it's been in a 10% range here for the better part of six months. So I think option writers continue to win here, although I, eventually I think it does break out. Okay. All right. Let's do the Googster. Google. All right. Alphabet reported also last night. And same story. These guys just print money. Earnings per share, $22.30 versus a $15.90 estimate. So they blew that number away. Sales, sales, oh my gosh, just under $57 billion versus a $53 billion estimate. Um, and there's a whole bunch of numbers as far as individual uh, 
uh, units. But that, those are the headline numbers, and gosh, it blew it away. It's a almost a value stock. Like I mean, with the amount of money they're making, I know it's ridiculous. It's almost like you know, you want growth at a reasonable price. It's always been Google. It's one of the biggest positions in my long-term portfolio. I bought it at two hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> about five or six years ago. I'm still long it. I sold half. I did sell half when it got to like twelve hundred or thirteen hundred, and I locked in half of it. And I, I wish I wouldn't have sold the half because obviously it's continued to run since. And you know what? I sold half was when it did that split, Joel. When it um, that you know, was split weird. I know. Google. Yeah. That's when I sold half. I was like, well, now I have two of them. And I was like, why do I need two of these things in here for? So I sold the one and I've held the other one. I don't even know which one I own. I own the Google or the Google. I'm not even sure which one I own. I probably sold the one that was higher. Because so, uh, <laughs> I can get more money. But um, at $22.30, I mean, this company fires. YouTube's unbelievable. $7 billion or something from YouTube. I mean, what a this- buy. What a buy. what a buy! I mean, they paid eight billion for this. They're bringing in seven billion for it. Like, I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of money that they make, and the, and the people are so smart there. The businesses they're doing, the other things they're doing, you know, the monopoly on search that they have. I mean, why do I want to be bearish? Google is it going to pull back? Is it going to have pullbacks? Yes, and those pullbacks are buying opportunities. Uh, just look at the action that you got right here. Uh, it's not backing off. It may, it's, we're in new, we're in unknown territory here, folks. And the highest print that you've had is 2087, but you're trading at 2073 and it, there's a bid at 2060. Someone is buying this, actively buying this at 2060. So I'll call that support and I'll call it minor support. And then I'll call resistance that high of uh, 2087. You know, you don't know. There might be some size at 2100. Who knows? Big run up from 1800 up to 2100. I don't know if you're going to have some shorter term players are ringing the register. But, I mean, it's bid here. Sometimes you see these free market charts and like space yesterday. This was a great oh. example. It got to 6260 uh, or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. didn't see it that high in the pre-market. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, you look at it, and then when we were covering it on the show, it was like 57, 58. And then yeah, the red that's where it yeah, opened. Yeah, and then that red candle, that's when you take over the regular session. So, But I I, I don't have that feeling here after, uh, or at least no. yet for Google. Google's Space had been there. running and running and running, too. It was just overbought, and, and the short squeeze trade had come off. Eventually, Space and SunPower were going to cave. Because they were short squeeze plays. There was other traders in there for other reasons. You know, I like SunPower and Space Story. That's why I held some of the stock, but I sold some of it because it's got ridiculous. I mean, I sold my SunPower two days ago, $53. It's $43. I mean, these are, you know, so if it gets back down to 30, I'd say I'd rebuy the shares that I sold. And, you know, you're scalping points. But, you know, you know me, I never rebuy, forget about it. And then I look back and it's $100 on that. I just never sell, Dennis. Then you don't have to worry about rebuying. You You know what, though? You can say that. But, I mean, in some cases, when valuation just gets so stretched, you know, certain stocks like Amazon, Google, Apple, you know, those are probably no sells because valuations are actually still reasonable. But when they start trading 75, 85, 100 times earnings, or you get some cases, you know, I wouldn't be in those stocks. At a certain point in time, you just got to say, look, enough is enough. Eventually, valuation does matter in the long run. And, you know, it's time to lock in some profits. So, you know what you're I, good at? I, you're... I, I think you got to lock some in some. I don't think you can just hold things forever because, you know, you could say that on like Eastman Kodak, you know, obviously, you know, yeah. like there are certain stocks, Sears Holdings. I mean, at a certain point in time, there's time, lock some in, especially when you got your cost basis out. Like I used to always do the double, I take half out, then I'm always playing with the house's money. Kramer preaches that too. I try to hold on sometimes for a little bit longer than that, you know, because sometimes you really regret that half sale. But I mean, when you're playing with the house's money, it's a nice feeling. All right. Uh, let's move away from the earnings for a second. It's 830. We'll have Jeremy Newsom on in a couple of minutes. Let's sure. just talk um, DuPont for a second. Oh, okay. yeah. Because uh, yeah, so because Dennis was watching this at the close, and he yeah. has some thoughts. Well, I tweeted it out. It has six million share buy imbalance. I tweeted it out when I saw it. I was like, "That's a big one. That's going to move if that's real." It was real. Uh, the way I played it was, I just put out LOC orders to short the stock. Yes, I'm still shorting stock. Oh, you Dennis, you evil guy! You evil, evil guy. But you want to know something? I think it really moved because you have so many 
prop traders that are actually spooked to short stocks right now. I mean, they're starting to come back in. Don't kid yourself. There's a lot of traders who never got spooked. I was laying off shorts for a couple of days there to a certain extent, but I'm not anymore. And you see a 6 million share buy imbalance on DuPont. It ran from $74, and then I throw out the LOC. My LOC orders are like 75 so LOC is a limit on close order. <laughs> that order gets executed on the closing print or it cancels. So if you put out like a 70 spot, and, and this is where I threw, I threw out, it was like 74.25 when that huge buy imbalance was posted. I was like, so I'll th- I threw out 75 and 75 and a half and a little bit more, a little bit higher. Um, and, um, I got executed on all 76.45 in the closing print. Sure. And you're like, boom. But yeah. And you know what? In me, the scalper blood in me at 75.80 offer. I was like, nah, take the 60 cents. Bang. And, you know, obviously it came down a little bit lower since then, but I mean, that's a classic fade. These, these huge moves off of imbalances have always been classic fades. And the reason for that is they're not based on, you know, fundamentals. They're based on order flow. Order flow, yeah. Or, order flow moves often do get faded. So, you know, I used to always run algorithms, you know, to pick off, you know, these different, you know, uh, trades. And, and you know, and what the shorts do in this case is, you know, they cushion. That that buy imbalance, the exchange posts that because they're like, we got a huge buyer at the, at the, at the close here. We need help. Why? They're, they're posting it because we need help because they, they want the shorts to come in to provide liquidity to this order because we don't have enough sellers. So they advertise it out there in the imbalance feed. And I, I'm the one that comes in and provide, you know, traders like me come in and provide liquidity to this. If we didn't come in, I think a gap is 78 or 80. But, it, but in normal markets, I... it probably only gaps up 50 cents. But because you got so many shorts spooked right now, it, it gaps, you know, it, it runs up a buck and a half in the number and then gaps another like 70 or 80 cents on the closing print. So, you know, these are market structure things. The imbalances are information you can use. Um, you know, I do sometimes tweet out the big ones in the morning. I tweeted that one out just for the simple reason. It's like, this is a big one. It could really move. And I wanted my traders to know that on Twitter that there was an opportunity here. I don't understand. I don't understand why. I mean, I know they have their programs. I know they have their systems and everything. And they need to do it. But, man, if someone had an order, I mean, I guess they need the closing print, right, in order for their systems. But... Why would you put an order in like that? I no, mean, no, an order that big. I don't understand. Send me no, an email, either. and I'll help you get out of that position a lot better than that. I mean, you're just showing your hand. I don't, I don't know. But they need because the exact. There's so much liquidity on the close, though. That's like learned behavior, where institutions know there's you know big fish on the close. There's you know liquidity providers that are going to come in, and you know they they six million is a big one, but sometimes it's six hundred thousand, and then it comes in and it doesn't move much because there's so many liquidity providers that will come in. But again, right now, institutional traders, if you're listening out there, the shorts are spooked to a certain extent right now. It's not fully like they're coming back in. I mean, in probably a couple of weeks, as long as we don't get any more short squeezes, the markets are seemingly going to go back to normal. But you've got traders that are not shorting stocks right now. Certain ones that short stocks all the time, they're still spooked. So they look at that and they think, oh, am I going to get run over in this? And they don't do a trade that they would normally do. I did it. Um, I shorted the stock at 76.45 and covered, like I said, right away. Did, but you, a lot did of you lay off at all? Did, you, did we, I do we, what? Did you lay off on, uh, you know, on no, that No, not at all. I mean, no. 6 million. If, if DuPont wants to run up two bucks in the last five minutes, mm-hmm. I'll short the stock on no news. So, I mean, that's a That stock's been right? weird. They did the spinoff, right? And then... They've done so many. If someone could do a history, um, it was Dupont and then Dow and then Dupont Dow and then Dow Dupont and then they split up and now I don't under, I don't understand that. We're gonna have to make a uh, when the pandemic's over, make a trip up to Midland, Michigan, and find out what is going on. It's just very confusing. But uh, anyways, it's given back from that. Couple high. If you're trading this thing, I don't know if many people do. Uh, got it inside day yesterday so play play if you break out of that high which is going to be pretty hard to do but again remember 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 this was this is a lot of fluff in it right now this two dollar move at the end of the day was all from one you know probably one big buyer in the stock that one big buyer bought a really bad price so it's not surprising that it's down a dollar here right now is it going to have follow-through is it going to be I mean, you almost got to eliminate this little last move from from your thoughts on when you're trading something like this technically, because this wasn't a technical move. This was based on order flow and imbalance information. So, I mean, you, you can say, oh, yeah, DuPont's going. I want to get long. I mean, 
these these imbalances are fading opportunities usually they're not you know opportunities exactly. where it's something gaps two dollars and it goes another two dollars i mean you know people learning some bad things from gme maybe in this case where all oh, a stock that goes up 10 percent goes up 10 percent the next day that's not always the case not in normal markets and this market has worked to a certain extent especially in the short squeeze stocks but i i I, I typically think that when you see these big moves on the close, that they're more fading opportunities, if there's no news. All right, let's bring on our second guest of the day, Jeremy Newsom from RealLifeTrading.com. Jeremy, good morning, sir. What up, squad? How's it going? We're hanging in there, as Where, always. Where's that burly beard of yours? It's right there. What do you mean? Where, oh, where yeah, God, it? come on. <laughs> it's on, dude. It's, it's on. It on? <laughs> This is Where a is it? This is a mask. Oh, I'm looking on. Oh, he I, looks oh. great, man. He looks great with a beard. This guy Thanks, looks great. Thanks, man. How are you, champion? I love the I love the neon real life trading sign in the back. Look at that thing, man. That's yeah. that's right there. I like that. Yeah. Thanks, brother. Triple D. So, Jeremy, man. congratulations. You're getting married. Thank right. you, sir. Yep. When is when is that? Valentine's Day, February. 14th. Holy! Whoa! Whoa! This year or next year? This year. You got wow. you did that fast. You just got engaged like a month ago. How the heck do you? Like, <laughs> get all I guess you just want to get her done, eh? Dude, he's a, he's a trader. He's a trader. I'll say this. I'll say this, man. The whole COVID situation, right? It's like, well, there's only so much you can do anyway. So it's like, well, True. Let's, let's just make it happen. This is a good thing if anyone's thinking about getting married. It's like you can have a very, very reduced cost wedding price. <laughs> Yeah. So I'm like, hey, what do you think? Five people, you know? <laughs> so, yeah, man. All right, let's really get fun. to the markets, Mr. Newsom. Here, uh, we were on Sunday night during that carnage, and you Ooh. were looking to buy the dip. I yeah. mean, I think the dip was up even before before we got done, just the liquidation, but. 200 yeah. point rally here. We're back. Is we we struggled up at this uh this 38 3848 and a half is the all-time closing high. 62 quarters of print. I mean, a little bit of a trading range here. Or do we got the juice just to blast the 3900? Oh man, I think we have the juice, dude. Um <laughs> again, I don't know exactly when it happens, but overall this is this market is so hot. It is so hot. Um, I know I'm going to lose at some point with the buy the dip. It has to. It has to not work at some point. But when it does, I'll lose. I'll cry about it for a little bit, and you know, it'll be a small loss, six, seven percent maybe max, uh, and then we'll move on and find something else to do. But right now, it's it's working. Another one of your calls that was went against you for a little bit. Teladoc, Teladoc, Woo! you were convicted Woo! on this one. Yeah, gotta... it, it did go against me for uh, for a week and a half. You're right. It was, you know. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, talk about when trades go against you. you. Do you have your hard stop, your number in where you figure out, okay, because I know you're a good risk manager and you don't let stuff get away from you. Yeah. How do you control risk on a stock like TDOC? Yep, great, great question, man. So in general, my approach on it is you have to have one of two time frames. You either have to have like a very short-term, smaller time frame, a little bit of a longer time frame. And this one for me was a longer time frame. And this is one that number one, you do not go in your whole position up front. So, you know, if you want to buy a hundred thousand dollars worth of stock or whatever, you don't just take your hundred thousand and day one you're in. So normally I scale in over two or three weeks. So I'll put in 25 and then week next week, 25, and then the next week, 25, and the next week, 25. So you spread out over time, you spread out over price. So you don't get too emotionally involved. But then at that point, man, you just come up with a plan before you start purchasing how long you want to be in that position for. And that was what I told you guys. I was like, I'm, I want to be in this until at least March or April. So I'm going to hold it. And I did absolutely have a level that was like, if it breaks this level, I'm going to be in some protection, right? Buy some puts, do something that's going to protect my downside, maybe sell some calls. But in general, I mean, the chart looked good. The trend looked good. I wasn't really afraid at any particular point. And guys, I'm still long this stock. So I think it's going to continue personally. I think Kathy uh, helped you out on that one too, didn't she? I'm not going to disagree on that one. My girl, Kathy, came to bat. I'll, I had to shoot her text messages. I'm like, Kathy, 
What do you think about TDLC, huh? <laughs> do you have anything that you thought was gonna go and it didn't go, and you're just kind of you're not you you know you're you're not giving up, but like darn it, man, I, I really thought thought this would go with this market. Um. Oh, this this presently. Um. No, everything's going here. Yeah, right? I was everything, saying, went. Like, everything went. Really? I'm hundred percent winners. <laughs> here, here's one that I was not in. I did not play this, but it did not go anywhere. It was Dropbox. And Dropbox, like if you have one market, Dropbox, if you have one market to succeed in, it's this one. And how are you losing? Like, how is this thing not going higher? So Dropbox, I don't have any position in it. I haven't lost on it, but no, man. Ironically enough, and this is not because I'm good, this is because the market's awesome. Everything I've been in kind of has been eventually going higher. Uh, Wix, W-I-X, is taking a little bit longer than I anticipated, but I do have positions in Wix. I'm up a little bit on it. Would hope it goes higher. Jeremy, Jeremy, I have a question. Are you yep. superstitious at all in your, in your trading? Um, I'm more stitious than superstitious. Okay, so you're, so you're stitious. What, what, would, what would have to happen for you to shave the beard? Like, how bad would you have to screw up to shave the beard? Like, how many losing Ooh. trades in a row? would it take nice. to Dude. shave the beard good question man um if i had 10 losing trades in a row i'd shave the beard okay yeah all right because yeah. uh, eight eight right now i think is my max uh in the last three or four years if i had to recall just like i've, lose, I've had 18 lose, you got a long lose. ways to go before you catch my 18 <laughs> i've had 18 18 right. is the record 18 is the record to beat folks. The record, man 18 losing trades in a row that's the big wow. one to beat I love it, man. Are you picking on? Uh, are you picking on any stocks on the short side? Man, I, dude, I can't. I haven't. I'm not. I'm not triple D. I don't do any LOC orders. Like that guy is a beast. We all know he's the best trader in the world. But um, I, 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 have, I haven't shorted anything, man. Even on a day trade, even like Harley Davidson. I tried to short Harley Davidson because this thing is this is one of the worst stocks in the world. I think like it's, it's <laughs> just awful. Um, and even Harley Davidson didn't really give me that many short opportunities on a day trade the other day. I mean, it did drop, but like what? It went down for a whole eight minutes, you know? So, man, I haven't. I haven't made $1 shorting a stock in the last few um, weeks, I would say. I tried, man. GameStop, I tried. Hard. Couldn't find any oh. borrow. Couldn't do anything. Um, this is after it started dropping, obviously. Blackberry, couldn't do anything. What about uh, how much money are you deploying into the SPAC market? Zero, zero, man. I'm not smart enough to understand the SPACs. I don't. I don't get it. Um, I, I really, really feel like there's a, a massive issue going on with these SPACs right now, and I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know if we're in 1999 or 1997. I think we're in 1997, but the SPAC issue is way too hot. I don't understand it. I mean, I get it. I get it from like a basic level, but I don't see why it's so hot right now. And I know Playboy is coming back out. Like they're reinventing, they're doing another SPAC. Uh, man, there's so many weird ones. So yeah, zero, dude. Uh, I am playing DraftKings, which did come out from a special acquisition company. But I, I do understand DraftKings, and it also took me about five or six months to warm up to it after it transitioned to start buying it and trading it. But yeah, man, um, not too many at all, honestly. All right, you guys, uh, you guys signing for him, Spencer, Dennis? No, I. Well, I Go, Spencer. I, I, I was going to comment on what Jeremy just said about not knowing what, you, you know, how early or late in the game we are. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've done a lot of reading just about the dot-com bubble, and there were people in 95 that were like, this is unsustainable. Oh, this yeah. is a bubble. Yeah. And they were right. Eventually, it took five years to get there, and they missed yeah. and they missed the, the rest, the bulk of the party, you could, you could say. Oh, so, dude, you're right. 100% right. I, yeah. I think. I think that's where we're at right now because the whole like it's a bubble, not everyone can see it. So many people, so many people are like, oh, this is too hot. There's something wrong. And everyone's doing it. So that's why I'm like, ah, I think we got a little bit more to go. So so do you think part of that comes from the fact that from 2000 to 2010, basically that was a lost decade for stocks, right? There was two bubbles in a one decade span. And do you think that created this sort of psychology where everyone wants to be the next person yeah. to the be the contrarian and yeah. call the bubble and call the top when in reality we know that stocks go up more often than they go down you're 100 right man that, that that to me i'm a dow theorist right i've studied dow theory yeah i mean i'm trying to look like charles dow honestly <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is like we broke out of a 10-year distribution phase on the broader market and yeah. 
we're just screaming. I think we're going to continue to go. I don't think we're even close to stopping right now. Yeah. Well, well, you think about what stocks did from 1968 to 1980. We had Dow 1000 in 1968, and then we peeled back, and it took like 12 years to get back to 1000. Yep. And then since then, you know, we've been straight up. So it seems like this market does do exactly that. You get these lost decades in here. We've yep. burned investors, you know, and obviously, you know, we're 20 years later. So people have forgotten, you know, about that. Yeah. You know, they haven't been burned. So and then you get the big moves. But the one big difference between this market and where we were in 1999 is there's a lot of stocks that are still trading with reasonable valuations. I mean, yeah. it's not like everything's trading with a P of 80. 70. I mean, I, like I always say, you know, Walmart was penetrating with a P of like 60 back in the dot-com bubble. So, yeah. I mean, th- this is a different market. I mean, there, there's reasonable valuations all over the place. There is a 1999 feel in certain stocks, but from right. an overall market perspective, I mean, look at Google. I mean, they're making 20 bucks in the quarter. You do the multiple on that, the thing's trading like 22 times earnings. I mm-hmm. mean, this is not an expensive stock by any valuation metric. So there's lots of stocks that are still actually priced reasonably. And that's why I don't feel like we are in 1999. Yep. Totally agree, man. 100%. There are some, like you said, there's some, but not all of them. There are some. Question from our chat, Jeremy. Question from our chat. Any thoughts on metals and miners? I don't know if you follow that area of the market. Yeah, dude, metals and miners. So miners, uh, I never trade miners generally because they're the number one I shouldn't say number one. They're top five, like most speculative, most absolutely awful. If you have a pump and dump burn story, it's probably coming from a gold or silver miner. (laughs) Um, But I do trade actual metals. Like it makes sense to me. So I did actually buy leaps on silver yesterday. Whoa. January 25, 2022 leaps. And uh, that's the 25 is the strike price. So I I am actually long. I like silver. I like the pullback. I like the pullback. it, it, it seems good to me. There's a little bit of fear on silver right now. Ironically enough, people are thinking the whole Wall Street bets and the pump and all that stuff. But just on a chart basis, it looks good. And I don't know, man. I like it. So I'm in some leaps. They're not very expensive, $4 and a quarter when I bought them. So it's not out bad. That's not too bad. Yeah, and you got a long time. Uh, before we let you go, um, Bitcoin, 20. I'm, I'm like, I like to follow the futures. 22 consecutive closes in the $30,000 handle. I don't think I'm going to, I don't think I'm going to get, uh, I mean, I don't think I'm going to get that 20. I really want to see it. I do. I, I, I know we made, we talked about it the other night. I don't know. It's just, it's just hanging out here, consolidating for too long. The move is higher. I know your Bitcoin strategy is so you just buy a little bit every day, right? So you're not worried about, you're just building. Okay. I just, uh, how much of your portfolio, I want to just go, but how much of your, portfolios in bitcoin jeremy how much so overall? It, yeah overall it was it was before we started running up so in november um i sold about 70 percent of my bitcoin which obviously was a stupid idea um so whatever but you gotta lock in some gains my dollar cost average was very low my okay. overall portfolio was 70 percent cryptocurrency holy wow yeah yeah that's yeah. That. yeah so right now it's about 25 percent. okay so you brought it back down just because yeah, it's had probably. such a run it was just having such a run, man. And yeah, I sold, I mean, everyone sells low, but it was one of those, like, I did fine. Uh, I was buying during COVID. I got in really, really heavy and aggressive. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite up there, but I, I, I just believe in it, man. I think it's really incredible. I think it's very, very intriguing. I think it's super uh, interesting and very speculative, but very fun. Another question uh, for you. Um, <laughs> is it all Bitcoin? I know you're trying to take Jeremy no, away from no, me. No, is it all Bitcoin no, or do you other crypto? <laughs> yeah so the only these are again just my opinion i'm only in bitcoin and ethereum i trade actively litecoin uh i don't do dogecoin i don't do doggy coin no no doggy coin no um yeah just bitcoin and ethereum are the two main holdings that i have and i actively trade litecoin so okay. that's really it for me yeah man just all right so we are gonna let the super smart super friendly incredibly talented author <laughs> comedian and nationally ranked jiu-jitsu uh can you show us some jiu-jitsu can you show us a little bit of that you can't you can't really you uh, know. joel stop it yeah. can you break boards or is no. that karate no, no you can't break totally Break that right. sign behind you that rl right before <laughs> <laughs> 
Thanks, uh, Jeremy. You guys are welcome, man. Thank yeah. you for having me. I love you guys. Thank you for your time. All right. Thanks, All thanks, right. thanks a lot, Jeremy. Jeremy is from reallifetrading.com. Hit that like button if you like Jeremy. We love him. We love his insights. We love his 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 dance moves and and all that stuff. So uh, we appreciate the time, Jeremy. Eight fifty now. Uh, we'll probably go a little bit past nine o'clock today. Want to cover some more earnings and get us some tickers from the chat. Where yeah. should we? Or, or do you, you want to go to Baba here? Because Baba's up this morning. They seem to have reconciled or at least come to some kind of agreement uh, with the regulators and financial, which is of course a. Um, uh, like an affiliate or a subsidiary, uh, whatever you want to call it, of Alibaba, they have agreed to how they're going to restructure that company. So Alibaba is up on that news this morning. That's 265 level. It's right there again. I mean, it keeps bumping its head up against it, and then it can't get through it. The line is in the sand. You could draw a hard line, 265, 266, 267, that whole area. That's where it needs to get above, and then he can make the run to 280. Um, so is this the news to propel it through? It's good that it's holding up here this morning, and it's good news for the company. So, But it's been a tough area, so it's hard to buy at resistance. Yeah, I'm long we'll at see. full disclosure still. Yeah, it hit 268 at your pre-hit high, so actually 267 on uh, 99. Uh, just hanging out here. A gap to fill. Let's see if we can fill that gap today. Uh, you got a gap between 68.97 and 75.67. Kind of some of that bad news is coming out, but uh, I mean, this is kind of the news you wanted to hear on the thing, right? It uh, you know revives it. Let's see if it holds in here. Holds 265, closes above it. Current uh, nice gain in Alibaba. And what was it? Earnings yesterday. They weren't too nice to it, and then comes out with the good news. Dennis, they want to hear about the. 18 red trades in a row story. Ha. Uh, that was at Bright. That was when I first started at Bright Trading back in 1999. So my first week of trading, I started in May of 1999. I traded retail for three years. I joined right after university. I joined Bright Trading Detroit office in May of 1999. My first week of trading, I made money. Um, just like I was like, oh, I'm good at this too. You know, I'm like, uh, you know, coming in, rookie, <laughs> boom, making money. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is easy. Then the next week was the smack around where I was like realizing, oh, maybe I don't know what I'm doing. And I can remember it was like the Tuesday of the next week. So about like six days into my prop trading career. And I lost on 18 consecutive trades in a row, 18 trades in a row. I mean, even if you think about what's the odds of that, because really it's like 50, 50, right? I mean, you buy the stock or you short the stock, you know? So you're like picking really bad. It's like, you know, you're intentionally like doing, looking at something wrong and going the wrong way. So I think it was a little bit of chasing was the reason for it, um, you know, and I realized, you know, maybe that's where I was a lot taught on like day six. I was like, ooh, when I chase stocks, I get hurt. You see something jumping, you know, and oh, this stock's going. Okay, I'm going to jump on that moving train. And then as soon as you get in, then it comes the other way. So, yeah. So I lost, on I think, 18 consecutive trades and in a row. So, trades, I mean, you're yeah. starting out. You're first yep. starting out. You can start adding the rough patches in there, Joel. Yep, and you were trading small. I remember I told you to yeah. trade small, and then then you turned it around, and you were trading like you know hundred shares, hundred shares, and I'm then you know yeah. I looked, I observed your trading every day, and I'm, I'm I finally went to you. I go, Dennis, I go, I think you start trading two hundred shares now. Left <laughs> up the size. Yeah, and then it, you never look back. But uh, let's cover some more stocks here. Less stories, more stocks. What do you want to cover? We could do Chipotle. We could do EA. They both had earnings yesterday after the close. Uh, Both Chipotle is really high price now. Uh, I mean, you were hanging out at all time high in this thing, right? Going into the report. What do you want? I mean, I don't know. You know, you're looking good. It got a little breakout yesterday ahead of the report. We talked about does it run ahead of the report? And it did, man. It ran from 1500 to 1550. So it had the little run ahead of the report needed needed to be price, it's price for price for perfection pulls back a little bit, but I do you think this story's over here in Chipotle? I mean, valuation has never mattered in this thing. Nope. I think there's underneath demand here, so I think eventually probably buy the dip works on this again. I don't know if it works on day one, but I think it probably eventually works again. Uh, you took it down. Would you take it there? You took it to fourteen fifty one. And then what do you got? You got, I mean, for this stock, I mean, this is this is a pretty, I mean, to have this many lows in the same area, that comes in, man, I'll just have to call 14, 
1460, 1470. That really takes care of those lows there. And uh, you did get there in the pre-market. See if it holds in a regular session. On the upside, uh, top of yesterday's range, or the bottom of yesterday's range, was 1521.60. If you want out there, you might be able to get out there. You know, uh, if uh, you know a quick bounce off the open by the dippers. So if you're looking for the all-time closing high price, that'll be my number uh, today in CMG, and that is 1521.60. All right, let's go to the chat. Do some tickers. Uh, I see CCIV. I'll, I'll let SPAC's attack handle that. That's a SPAC, so I'll, I'll let Chris Kachi take that at, sure, at 11. Um, Nokia reports earnings tomorrow morning, guys. Let's look at that. It was it was one of these short squeezes, and it yeah. gave it back really, really quickly. Okay, so this is a setup where if it gets a pop into the earnings, it's probably a selling opportunity because there's people who are caught in this thing. You have day traders, short-term traders, Reddit traders who are all caught in this thing hoping to get out a lot of people who bought it at five bucks and they're like they rushed to nine and then it's at five and now they're losing and they're one of be wanting to get their money back which so one is this you get, and okay no, yeah, and okay and, and if okay. you get an earnings pop it's probably a selling opportunity is what i'm saying in my opinion i don't know if you're going to get the earnings pop i have no idea i'm not playing it ahead of it i'm just yeah. saying if it pops is setups you know traders are like if then if then if this thing pops i think it's a shorting opportunity Dennis, we, when you were talking about this one during the short squeezes, and you uh, you said, man, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it in this one. You know when right? they jacked it? Do you want to know when? This is a great market structure lesson for you. Do you know when they jacked that from five to nine? Do you know uh, when they jacked it? On the open or close? After 11 o'clock when Europe was closed. Oh. They jacked it when Europe was closed. Look at the look at go look back at the tape from six days ago because I was like, oh my, like I'm like, no way is Europe gonna allow this thing because it's so traded, it's so held over there, it's so thick over there, it's an ADR. I'm like, it's probably you know, I don't think I think it's too thick to get short squeezed like that. They jacked it in those hours that Europe was closed, and then Europe reopens the next day and it's right back down there because it was all stupidity. Sorry, it was. Um, you know, it's a hard thing to say, but I mean, you're trying to jack something that's a very widely held stock. I mean, what was the short interest on Nokia? I don't. It, it was. Let me see. I don't if, let me see if was I it like it a up. thirty or forty percent, or it was. I don't know if it was, it was that, it that big. Was it? No, I don't think so. I it was like four or five percent. Maybe I'm wrong. I never looked it up. You know what? I, you know who participated in this? It wasn't. It wasn't retail. It was the big boys going after It could have been. They yeah. jacked it during the time that Europe was closed because you lose all that liquidity. So, I mean, it, it was after 11 o'clock when that thing popped. So, and that's what I was like, how did they? I, I looked back at the tape because I, I wasn't, I didn't notice it even moving. I was, you know, I'm doing other things. Um, and I'm like, how did they jack Nokia to nine bucks? How is that possible? And then I was like, they did it during the hours that Europe was closed. Wow. They did it during the hours that Europe was closed. So maybe you're right. Maybe there was, you know, some shenanigans going on there that they actually timed that perfectly. Or maybe it's just the natural buying pressure would, would you know, the selling pressure wouldn't be there. The, set, the liquidity wouldn't be there when Europe was closed. So that's when it, it lightens up. These European stocks lighten up after 11 o'clock. So, you know, there's still, you know, high frequency traders, but they're not going to make as high of markets when they can't arbit with the European markets. That's why it gets thinner. And that's where you can see these outside moves. So that's what Nokia... You know, when it jacked that one day was during the hours that Europe was closed. 979 is what it actually got to. 979 and closed the day at 693. What a gift. Yeah. What a and gift. If you're in these stocks, you know, for years, like, and that's what we kept saying, Joel, in this WSB stuff. I mean, they were getting prices like Viacom and Kroger. You know, like GameStop got all the attention, but there was so many other ones. Tootsie Roll. There was so many other stocks. Look at Tootsie Roll now. Look at what it did. All the way back down. I almost feel like buying Tootsie Roll now. Right no, back. no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> but 30 bucks. There's no, there, you're right back to where you were. There's no squeeze. Monthly support? Yeah. Yeah, monthly there's, support. Maybe, it's, there's so many, maybe there's so many bag holders in here now that maybe that actually makes it take out support. I mean, you can think about that, too. But, I mean, a lot of these stocks have not given back just 60 or 70% of the gains. A lot of them gave it all back. The entire thing. I mean, there's still a few that are holding on to some games like GameStop. AMC is still up a little bit from there. But some of them have given back the whole thing. I mean, unbelievable 
that you know this trade came off so viciously and there are some people who really got burned here and it goes to show you again you know one you're chasing stocks you end up losing usually um and then two is you gotta have some type of basis like fundamental basis for you know justifying price just randomly saying gamestop's going to go to a thousand because it's getting squeezed it could have it easily could have it could have went anywhere i even said on the show I'm like this could go to a thousand it could go anywhere when it was 300 there was no way to know but you knew when the dust settled that it was probably going to eventually be significantly lower people are asking is it going to be another squeeze there could who be. knows who there knows is it going back to 400 i would think not i would think there's so many people caught in this thing now i think rallies are to be sold in all of these stocks but you never know in this market. I mean, GameStop's ripping right now. It's 100 bucks here right now. It was 80 last night. So, I mean, there's some vicious little rallies in here, even yesterday. It went that from 74 rally, to, yeah, 74 to one. It doubled in an hour. Yeah. I mean, the trading in this thing is just wicked. Wicked. You, you know what? Uh, I've been trying to come up with a, a term or a story for the, for the market last week. You know, uh, what was going on. And the only story I can think of, uh, have you ever heard about um, some ants were on a turd or, and it was going down? Where are you going with this one, Joe? Okay. And they were on this huge log, okay? And they were floating down the river, all right? And these ants are saying, you know, wow, we are just, we're just controlling where this goes, right? And we we know everything, right? Okay. Well, <laughs> I'm with the you. Log, so the turd rolled over, and all the ants were dead. <laughs> that is that like a Chinese proverb? Turd is not a log. Is that a Chinese <laughs> proverb, Joel? Where did that yeah. come from? That came from my dad, and I wish he was still around. His birthday was on, on the first. Analogy. Yes, I've never heard the ants on a turd analogy, but that <laughs> is only from the one and only Joel Alconan. <laughs> Floating uh, down the river, and they're so in control. The, they're the in control, GameStop. and then the log rolls over, and they're all dead. What a yeah, that, that, that's exactly right. Exactly. So right. GameStop 9 a.m. That's why you saw the wicked little pop from yep. 90 to 103. They have a new technology officer. So yep. this is Matt Matt Francis just got uh, appointed as their new technology chief technology oh, officer. Um, but yeah, someone mentioned this in the chat, and it's going to be it's continued. It's going to be a, a great mystery until we get an answer. But why? Did they not raise money? No one knows. I know. That's they never it. said a word. That's the question. They never said a word. It's Why like, did they not raise money? I don't. I wish we had an answer. I really do. I think it's like the deer caught in the headlights analogy, you know, where they're sitting there and they're looking at the headlights coming on, but they're not, can't move. They just can't stop looking at the car. I, I mean, they I just can't stop looking at the market price. I don't know. Like, is this real? And they just, you know, obviously... They missed a, a great opportunity there. I mean, maybe they didn't want to stop. Maybe they, they knew when they were going to do an offering that it was going to probably, you know, knock the price down significantly. So maybe they didn't want that to happen. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever have the answer to why they didn't do the offering there. But they're trying. Look, they're doing another appointment here. 903. Now we got Kelly Durkin as Senior Vice President of Customer Care and Josh Kruger as Vice President of Fulfillment. So, oh, yeah. Well, that was all that, that, that was actually all in the same press release. Um, and so in, yep. in a normal market for normal companies, this is a nothing burger. But I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you some more clarity here. Matt Francis was an engineer. I'm reading from the PR, an engineering leader at Amazon Web Services. Uh, oh, Kelly Kelly Durkin, uh, where was she? Uh, she was at Chewy. And Josh Krieger, he was at uh, Amazon and Walmart previously. So he had some big names, and so that helps a little bit. Is the stock worth one hundred and five dollars? Probably not, but I mean, it's squeezing a little bit here. What's it get? Yeah, it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be a wild ride back to twenty or thirty. It's gonna be up and down, and there's gonna be some squeezes in there. I do think when the dust settles, it's probably eventually back down to that twenty, thirty dollars area. But who knows? This party could go on again. I'm not shorting it. All right, any more uh, any more tickers out there to take a look at? Yeah, there, there, there's a bunch. So what we're going to do, we're actually doing an experiment today, everyone. Uh, normally at this time, I would wrap it up and, and we would just and we would sign off uh, un until John and I come back at 340. But we're going to stay on here. We're going to keep this stream going all day. So what? after, yeah, what? I know, I know. So after Dennis signs off, maybe John and I will do some ticker time. Uh, we're gonna get all. We're gonna get off. Uh, Mish Hotch is gonna come on, 
and we're going to keep this thing going throughout the day. We have because we have like five or six shows and we, we, we're, we're continuously going off and going on and going off and going on. So what we're doing today is we're just going to keep the stream on perpetually all day. And uh, that's that's going to how this is. Is it going to work? Uh, we're going to try it today. We'll, we'll see how it works. Uh, so that's the plan. Uh, I would like to stay on with Joel for a few and do, do some ticker time. Uh, and then I'll hop off and we'll have more people joining. We'll have Spax Attack joining in this exact uh, stream at, wow. at what, 10.30 or 11? I think 11. We'll have the Power Hour on with Jason and Luke on after that. And uh, we'll have... An entire day of programming straight from 8 a.m. until Joel and I wrap it up at the 4 p.m. close. So that's going to be the plan for the day. So, Dennis, feel free to hop off unless you have any yeah, final I mean, final words of wisdom. Final thoughts here. Keep GME on your screen today. I mean, it just went up from 90 to 110. If it continues to rally here, and I don't know anybody knows what GME is going to do in the short term, it could possibly roll the market over. So right. just remember, there, there, it's not going to be this indicator is not going to last probably even a week longer but it's still working right now exactly why gme got killed yesterday the market was ripping so the market has been moving off the overall market has been moving opposite to gme for about a week now and it's worked perfectly almost every single day and i've been making money off of using the gme indicator in that way the market is not responding to this gme news yet but i would expect if gme continues to rally, i don't know if it's going to do that it might just roll over but if gme it's 113 now if it does continue to rally I think eventually some people will start selling SPY and they'll start selling other stocks as well. So right. just keep that in mind if you're trading. The GME indicator right now is still working. In a week, it's not going to be mad or anything, I, I don't think. But right now, it is still working. So be careful in the market right now if you're chasing this morning because that GME is trading up significantly. You I got can... a private message on Twitter and the, yeah. uh, the highest bidder is $400. So For your I levels will... on GME? Oh, yep. Yeah. Somebody so, pay you four hundred bucks for doing stock levels, man. I'm in the wrong job. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. It's uh, just good for today, and you know, <laughs> right, you'll have uh, to pay you, another four hundred bucks tomorrow. It was a joke, by the way, with Joel. You, but I don't know. Maybe somebody. Can... No, it's not a joke. It's not a joke. <laughs> Joel, these levels. Yeah, you, I mean, you can so... profess your professor thanks to Dennis by smashing that like button on whatever platform you are watching this show on. And before Dennis signs off, I just want to say again, because this show is still going to be available as a podcast. So for all you podcast listeners, please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice. Joel, do you want to stay on and do some ticker time for a couple yeah, seconds? Yeah, let's do minutes? it. Yeah, just right. um, before, you know, could you check to see if there's news? Because, I mean, you know, yeah, on, stock on and then check news. Yeah. Well, no, on, on anything. because I got you. you know, I got you, Joel. I got you. I'm with you. So let's do some, let's do some stickers.